and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel. And to all of our listeners, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. What what a what a time to be alive. Yeah, and it's funny because our most recent episode landed on New Year's Day, so That's right. It's gonna it landed on New Year's Day, and now this is our first episode that we're filming live in the new year. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of games that we're gonna be talking about. Oh, I see that you've already updated our list. Yep. We'll have to talk about that soon. Yeah, no, we the, I'm excited about this one. This one was uh, the one I was most anticipating to do since last year. Yeah, yeah. Especially since uh, we just revisited what we did last year and mm-hmm. realized you almost hit all of your goals. I hit... Seven out of eight. I hit five of my goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I And if you watched the episode, I said one of is closed, so let's say like six or four and a half or something like that. Right. I, I hit it, so it was... It was good, and that was the 200 unique games. I hit yep. that on the that Wednesday. That's right, and and one of the ones that I said I was like, ah, I'm technically close. Like I'm still I'm still trading in. It's hard to get rid of 170 games all at once. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But I got rid of probably about a third of them so far. Yeah. And soon will be a couple. We're gonna try to do more. it again. Yeah. Yep. And then, but the big thing is, I was worried about that 18 card pack, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to make sure I had it ready. So today. Or uh, as of last week, I had all of the art done for all 18 cards. Okay. I had the packaging ready, the insert already making sense, and I just placed the order for it today. So hopefully, you'll be seeing it soon. And if you don't understand awesome. what we're talking about, we're talking about what our 2023 gaming goals that are we did a revisit on it. Yep. This episode is talking about the goals that we want to do for this year of 2024. That's right. So we will revisit this at the end of 2024, just like we did the 2023 goals, yep. and then see how many, if any, we were successful. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can live up to what I did last year, but I'll tell you what, though. I was very successful last year. Yeah, and I didn't put them really in an order. It's like uh, like my number eight is something I've done before, and I just want to mm-hmm. keep doing it because I liked how that one worked. Sure. So I want to try to meet that goal again. Uh, there's another one where it's like I doubt this one's going to hit. Like uh, that might be one that I miss, so it's like my number seven pick, but I didn't want to do like it as my eight pick. Mm-hmm. So they're not in any specific order except for, say, the, the first two, three... So yeah, there's like the first three are the ones that I, like, and like you always, my first three are the ones I always want to hit more. Yeah. Those are the ones I'm going to strive to do better or do for. And then the back half or is like stuff I want to hit, don't necessarily think I'm going to do that. Right. That makes sense. I, I did try to put mine in order for a priority. Like mm-hmm. number eight is the one where it's like, if I do it, cool. And then number one is like one I really want to go out of my way to to try and complete and you'll see although unlike last year i found one of the big successes of last year's ones is that i did have some ambitious projects Mm -hmm. and some ambitious goals on it but there were ones that i was very passionate about like the 18 card game i had already like had previously started on it i'm like this is going to be the year that i actually finish it yeah so that was good um and but like the one goal the playing all of the top 100 bgg games that wasn't even close, right? Yeah, I think so, you played, what, one out of the entire Two year. of them. Two Anachrony of them. and um, Seventh Continent. Yep. Okay. And both of the ones that I ended up buying to play for that very reason. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't re- really why I wanted to play them. Yeah, They yeah. look cool. And but, plus, they're in the top 100. That'd be interesting to play. Yeah. And the, the one you kept trying to get played, um, it just depends on one of our friends, because you don't own it, um, no. uh, which is his Kanban. Mm-hmm. Um 
Again, if you ever have like a free day or something like that, uh, I can show you Arkham Horror LCG. That's right. another one you got to get out sure. of your list. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, now now you could maybe start trying to work on it because you've finished all your other stuff. But well, we, we haven't got there we'll yet. We'll see if it's on the <laughs> list. I mean, also, granted, two years ago when we made our 2022 goals, yeah, I put clean out my game room. Well, you just helped me with that like three months ago, <laughs> finally. <laughs> And even then, right now, once I trade in all the games, then it'll be officially cleaned up. I'm going to redo it all again. And the big thing about it, too, is you mainly just wanted to call games. You yes. have them out of your game room to call. It just depends on how they get sold and stuff. Right. Like I don't want to give, like, thousands of dollars worth of board games to Goodwill. Yeah, exactly. Not saying that they don't deserve it. That's Goodwill regard. doesn't deserve it. Uh, the, the controversial statement. The, the views of Daniel Quintana does not reflect the views of uh, 3-Day Board. No, good, Goodwill is, yeah, it's supposed to be like a charity thing, and they sell things at a nice discount. Right. But it's, the charity is, they get that stuff for free, and it's pure profit for them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Savers yeah. and stuff like that, they still donate to, you know, causes. Right. Goodwill, <laughs> they pay their CEO millions. Yeah, that's true. And, and so it's, it's things like that where, but even then, like, I've invested all this money into it. Not saying that I deserve more money. In, no, no, no. But I get what it, you're trying to say. I want to. I want to cycle the collection for you, that reason. You kind of wanted to go to people who are going to enjoy it and yeah, not give it to someone like, somebody, like at Goodwill or something. Right. Like that. Exactly. I want like that was so much easier for me to get rid of a lot of those games is because like you might have liked them or like some of our mutual friends was like hey. Like, I yeah, you, cool. you, you gave me like two or three and I bought two more off of you. I bought right. Indulgence and um, Yamatai. Right. And I'm like, I'm not making a mint off of you guys. No. Like My brother, for example, I brought a whole bunch of games over to him yeah. for for the holiday season. Yeah. And he picked up, I think, five of my games. And I was like, just pay me in some credit in the, in the bookstore. Yeah. He was like, oh, here's one of my receipts. <laughs> he has like... You know, quite a bit of money, and yeah. so he like opened his wallet and pulled out like piles of receipts. He was like, "All right, there you go. You can have this one." I was like, "Cool, that'll work." <laughs> That's more than they probably would have offered, right? Yeah, exactly. Or maybe about the same. And, yeah, and it goes to him, and he would like them. And, yeah, you know, and there's stuff that he can play. Yeah. His wife, yeah. So it, it's it's intriguing, and I, I might find other avenues to distribute them depending on what happens. But anyway, we're getting crazy off track, Daniel. Today we're going to talk about our. Top 10 2024 goals, but before we do that, okay. what have you been playing lately? So, I have quite a few games on my list that I could have said. Uh, one mm -hmm. of them is one of the games that you ended up giving me, The River. Finally played uh, that yes. one. That was that was actually pretty neat. I like what it does. It's a good uh, introductory uh, worker placement yeah. style game. Yeah, it's real simple. Yeah. And it is a designer I quite like, Sebastian Pachon. That was the reason I got it in the first place. Yeah, so it wasn't too bad, but uh, that's like just my honorable mention. It's an honorable mention yeah. of what you've been playing, sure. But the one I want to talk about is one that you and me have both played before. I finally got a copy of it. It's my birthday gift that I got before Christmas uh, because my buddy had kickstarted it and just bought a second copy for myself, and that is Canvas. Uh, so we did play mm -hmm. it. My wife wanted to see it. She liked it. She was not really disappointed, but she was expecting more from it other yep. than how simple this game actually is. Because it really is, you're just putting a card, you're only allowed so many cards. I think your hand limit is like five, and then you have to make a painting. You're only allowed yep. to make three paintings the entire game. So yep. at most, you can get 15 cards in your hand. Mm -hmm. I do like the mechanism where you, if there's something you really, really want, you can pay. Uh, this one, it's pallets yep. to go further mm -hmm. along. 
and you're just trying to get certain point systems or points out of it based on what the scoring is up there. Yeah. And if you meet certain things to get your silver badges, that will give you more points at the end of the game too. It's it's a very very simple game, very very pretty game, um, yep. very easy gameplay. Uh, I'm gonna keep it. I do like it. My wife, like I said, she was kind of like iffy on it. She liked it, but th- was expecting it to be higher on her list. And, right. But. I did enjoy it. I think I'm, I'm going to end up keeping it just because I enjoy playing it. And sometimes if you need something that yeah. just is not heavy and is somewhat quick, this is about a 45-minute game, and you don't, after playing, some, say, something like Gloomhaven, Frosthaven, something like that, big brain burners or anything, yeah. Alexander Fister, yeah. then this is something you it's can just pull cool out. Yeah, game. yeah, cool down game. So. Maybe we should change that term. Instead of filler, cool down games. Like when you have the energy going for the big old, like, or you're winding games. down at night. Well, they're, they're technically wind fillers. down games. Fill, uh, fillers are not necessarily wind down games either, or cool down no. games. They could be something that kickstarts the night because you're like, okay, we're gonna get really into these heavy games. That's true. Well, let's let's do yeah. these and stuff like that. So I get where it's saying like the fillers and stuff like yeah. that, but it's just it's something to either ramp down or ramp up to something. Right. So exactly. Uh, Canvas is like that. If you want something that's not just a straight filler, like a quick little 15, 20 minute card game, like archeology, mm-hmm. um, but you want something that has a, a little heavier or lasts a little bit longer than canvas is a good go to for that. Right. And so I just got rid of my copy of canvas hey, I to my it. brother, the artist. <laughs> okay. who, when I told him about it, I showed him how the cards work. He was like, I love this. He was like, that's one of the neatest things. I'm like, you can have it because and he pointed out and something that's very true you can tell that the people who made canvas like Mm -hmm. the publishers really cared about making it just really just a neat thing yeah and i mean so much to the point where you can hang the picture on the wall Mm -hmm. the board is actually made out of canvas you know the clear cards like the art is very lovingly done yeah it like their production is just top through the notch. roof. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I don't disagree. I like everything about it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's it's something good to just have in the background right. for like after heavy gaming sessions. Yeah, you must play this little nice game. We're making right. paintings and stuff like that. And it can still be cutthroat because my wife kept taking all the cards that I needed to get. Always. That's, <laughs> well, that's how it's supposed to do. Yep. You want that? Okay, it's fine. Hey, Illuminous, Happy New Year to you, too. Happy New Year, Illuminous. And so, the first game I wanted to talk about, speaking of visiting my brother, so we visited him over New Year's, but it was like our late uh, Christmas travels. Our sister flew into town, so it was me, my mother, my whole family, uh, my sister, brother, his wife, all the, we all got together and had a really good time. And one of the games, um, my brother Eric, he doesn't tend to play as many games as he wants. Or would like to just because even though he's like the one who was primarily responsible for getting me in the hobby. Yeah. Um, it's mainly just him and his wife who play games. So anything that's like three or plus players, it's almost impossible to play. Mm-hmm. But he did have one and he was like, Danny, I know you like it. I, I bought this because I used to use it for work. Um, let's play this game because it's been a while. And I was like, sure. So we played Spyfall. Nice. And... Half of the group had never played it before. That was the first time my son or daughter had ever played it. I haven't played that one in ages. Right. And it was good to get it back. And, oh, man, did the... the, At first, everyone was like, okay. Like, they kind of gave the terms, like, well, we'll just play it for for Danny, and we'll play it for Eric. Yeah. We'll just go through the things. And and his wife even sat out on the first round, because we had nine people, and it plays up to eight. Yeah. I was like, all right, we'll just watch and hang out with us, make accusations, whatever. Just have fun with it. Yeah. And when we played, uh, we I, I, we started doing, I told him beforehand, I was like, hey, 
I'll be the first one to ask a question. I'll just ask you a question. So that way they can get the idea of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I asked them a question. And then we, everyone started going, hmm. Hmm. And then, like, there was points where we just all collectively, uh, as soon as somebody said it, or the, the answer is like, hmm. <laughs> and we started role-playing and having fun with it. And then at one point, my son asked my mother, his grandma, it's like, would this location be su- well-suited for a dystopian future? And it's like, what? <laughs> like, this 14-year-old just out of nowhere asked us this weird... Co- By the way, we were on a submarine at that time, you know, it's like... <laughs> technically, technically probably, he wasn't wrong probably. because they actually made a show about a submarine sure. in a dystopian future right. <laughs> and it's just like it's it's just it caused it caused some of the best riots it was absolutely hilarious it's a great party game and it worked really well we ended up playing it three times and crazy accusations happened okay question how'd your sister like it because she's like the the anti-gamer she, she said that she had played it before and she didn't like it, but she was willing to play it again, and she very much enjoyed it. <laughs> nice. But then, no surprise here, the second round we played, my wife happened to be the spy and just nailed it. It was like, I knew exactly where we were. <laughs> and because of because uh, somebody asked me a question, and this was still the submarine, Yeah. and it's like, what was this place created for? And I was like, the first thing that popped in my mind was to breathe. <laughs> like, like, but I was like, that's too obvious. I was like, explorative. And I was like, that's the best I can come up with without like straight up giving it away. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what the other locations are, but I'm like, yeah, there wasn't much. And then and for then, war, yeah, like, <laughs> like exactly. And it, it, we actually ended up having that discussion. Was it for war? Or was it for exploring? Exploring. I was like, well, Jules Verne wrote about it long before they used it in a war. No, they used it in a war before Jules Verne wrote about it. What? It was used in the Civil War. Submarines were used in the Civil War. Okay, we can discuss this later. That's amazing. Anyway, what a weird idea. But anyway, we we loved it. It turned out really well. Everyone enjoyed themselves. Played full three full games of it. It was just absolute riot. Oh, okay. They yeah. were invented during the Civil War to be used sure. during war. They weren't very successful then, but... Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just... I don't know. I didn't know that... I know you're more of a history buff. So that... I love that a game this ridiculous can lead to a conversation like that, yeah. right? And so, yeah. And then so everyone... Hmm. Hmm. So anyway, what's your next one? All right, so the next game I'm going to talk about is one that you've actually been talking about in my next uh, three, or all four of them were gifts for one reason or another. The canvas was my birthday gift that was just running a little late because it was coming to Kickstarter. The next one was one of my stocking stuffers from this past Christmas. You talk about this game all the time. You recommended Ooh. it, so I requested it uh, for my wife like to pick up like for stocking stuffers and stuff like that. Had my... you played it before? No, never okay. played it. So you went on, off of my recommendation. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and when, when you described it, it, I'm like, okay, yeah, it would go down right. pretty well. This one's similar. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, she picked uh-huh. up for me specifically because she's like, there's, a, there's a bunch of similos. And mm-hmm. she's like... I'm like, you, I know there's a bunch of symbols. You know what I like. There's history, there's fables, mm-hmm. there's spooky, there's the yep. mythology and all that. Mm-hmm. Can you guess which one she picked up for me? Lord of the Rings. No. Um, History? Nope. Wow, you don't know me at all. My wife knows me better I know, than you. but you like history. Well, fables? No, she picked up spookies. The horror. Oh, okay. <laughs> really, any similos are just like made for you, though. Like, yeah, a lot of them are made, made for me. Things. But the one that she was yeah. like, out of all of them, I think this is the one you would like the most because it has She's like right. Frankenstein, yeah. Dracula, the werewolf, mm-hmm. stuff like that on there. And so, like, yeah, and I'm, I want to pick up the others. I, I actually, 
because there's a lot of room. I keep I keep it in there. there. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna keep like uh, I think I'm gonna pick up three that kind of go to each other. So like myths and art or history, uh, myths, history, and I don't fables. know what. Uh, maybe not fables. I think I'm gonna put fables with spookies. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna try to put like I'm probably gonna pick up like six copies because you can put three in a case. So. Yeah. Uh, but I did like it. I enjoy it. And the way you described it was kind of cool. It's like you're kind of playing Mysterium in a sense. You're trying to clue into what your secret character is. Um, so you draw a card. You shuffle the deck. You draw a card off of it. That's the card you're trying to clue everybody else into. And you cannot communicate the entire time. You take that one card. You put it face down. You draw 11 off the top. You shuffle those up. And you do a 3 by th or no, 4 by 3 grid. Yeah, 4 by 3 It's 12 cards in total. And you're trying to teach your other players who you are by playing cards off either a separate deck, or which if you're using two cases of Similo or just the one case of Similo, and you're taking a hand of five cards and you pick one card to play for each round. you got to do it in five rounds. And you're eliminating cards each round as you go. In the fifth round, yep. there's Increasing only two amounts yeah. of cards. Yeah. You only have two cards left. If you play successfully, there's only two cards left in the fifth round. You have to decide which one gets... If you ever uh, discard... The character you're trying to point to, you automatically lose until you single out what the one character is. And the way you do that is out of the five cards in your hand, you play one card and you do it in one way. If it's oriented up and down, you're saying that this card shares a similarity to what your character that you're trying to clue us into. Mm -hmm. If you play it basically Magic the Gathering tapped, yep. um, you're saying there's no similarities between the, this character and this character. And so, yeah, we really did enjoy it. Um, and it was funny... Um, when we first played it, we didn't succeed. We actually got all the way... Every game we played, we played four games of this. Every game we played, everybody had a turn as a clue giver. The first game, we got it all the way down, and we picked off the wrong one because he, the one he said was similar uh, was something totally different than what we were thinking. Because, again, it's like yep. uh, you're the clue giver in Mysterium. You cannot communicate other than the cards you're playing. Yes. And so, yeah, we played that, and the first one was like, okay, it's this, it's this, and this. And it's like, it's funny, because he has a... He, terrified of like those porcelain dolls mm -hmm. and he got the haunted doll as his first card he he's like it's funny we were joking about it <laughs> he was course. talking about one time his his wife had a trunk of those porcelain dolls that she inherited or something like that and he they kept it in a trunk and he stacked everything on the trunk this way it can never open <laughs> just to be safe they finally got rid of it after a while but yeah, and so we laughed about it, and then every single other player, everybody got we clued in properly. He was the only one that didn't get a success. But I did like this. I want to pick up another game because I think it would be like slightly more difficult when you're using fables trying to clue in spookies or vice right. versa and stuff like that. So, but I did like it a lot. This was a really good game. First, talking about a filler game, this is that we played it four times, and it probably played maybe 45 minutes those four times yeah and it's, it's real quick uh we played twice then we played some other games and we played all right we only have a couple like 30 more minutes before yeah. we got to get out we played a couple more rounds this way everybody had a chance to be the clue giver and there was one point when i was the clue giver and they were like oh but this guy's got this kind of face and this has got this similar face and then this and this and this and this and i'm like Guys, I had to write the first turn. Come on, and that's what I'm thinking in my head. And so they eliminated oh. the right character, and I'm like, oh, thank God, because the way you guys were talking, I wasn't sure you were going to uh -huh. go into the proper uh, character and stuff like that. So yeah, no, it's fun. I liked it a lot. It it really has no right being as, yeah, as good, good as it is, is. yeah, it, and it's just phenomenal. It's one of the best, like, tell information without give, Tell, yeah. telling information games. 
Uh, the next game I wanted to talk about um, is a brand new game that that was really intriguing to me. I got sent it as a as a demo, and I got a chance to play it with uh, my game group. Mm -hmm. And this is Neotopia. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. There's a brand new game from Arcane Wonders. A really fascinating, simple idea. You have three sections of a board, and they're all made up of circles. Um, your board has uh, these bars in between those called factories. They're, okay. They're set up. But the idea of the game is you're trying to build this futuristic city using either um, renewable energy or community or biofuel, biofood, whatever it's mm -hmm. called. Um, and then there's a fourth one that's just escaping me off the top of my head. And the way it works is simple. You're just trying to complete patterns in different uh, sections. Yeah. So, for example, if it's a, if it has two red in the middle and then on the side of the card has two green, then I have to get that pattern in one of the three areas in order to score it. So on your turn, all you're doing is moving one of the discs from the factory mm -hmm. um, to one of its two adjacent regions. You can't move it across the board. Gotcha. So it has a little bit of interest there. And when you move a token, if that completes a pattern, you play the card for free. Okay. Um, it doesn't count as one of your actions. And you score it in only that region. I'll explain why that matters here in a minute. So you okay. have three different scoreboards. Then, um, if that factory is now empty, there's a stack of tiles in the middle that you refill it from, from there. And then you flip over the tile, and that'll tell you what four uh, tokens come out next turn. Mm -hmm. So you put those in there, and then the next factory that opens up, you refill accordingly. That's also the timer. Once those are out, and everyone finishes out the round and take one more turn, then that's the end of the game. Very simple. Either move a tile or draw one of those cards that are available okay. for you to score. So it's pretty interesting how it works. There's three different ways to score. There's also some bonus tiles, which gives you like extra little abilities. Mm -hmm. If you place one of the tokens on top of one of those tiles, then you get to take that um, as one of the points. Yeah. And so any remaining bonus tiles are worth three points at the end of the game. Then you score your biggest group in each of the sections. So I was playing the blue player, so all of my blues, well, I just... Uh, collection of blue in each of the three sections that's worth the points for that mm -hmm. but the part that makes it very interesting is the reason why you score each of the three sections is because at the end of the game each one is going to score for its points so if i have let's say 15 20 and 25 points in the three different sections yeah they're each worth that amount except the one you have the fewest is tripled okay so my 15 20 and 25 is 45 20 and 25 which is really intriguing because you're trying to make them as balanced as possible you don't want one to go too crazy high or if you do want one to go too crazy high you want to balance the other two pretty high and then one just off the chart right yeah um it's really fascinating how it works very simple idea um it, it's compared right now already to azul just because you're laying the tiles you're making patterns mm -hmm. scoring in pretty innovative ways it's cool i like it um, it's probably like an eight. Um, How's it going, Ithri? Ithri, uh, one of our longtime viewers, says Neotopia was almost good. That's worse than being bad, <laughs> by the way. Oh, man, almost good. Yeah, bits don't flow well. I get that. You either score cards without playing off of off the opponent, or you feel like you got lucky and feel bad because you played in, or they played into you. I can see that. I don't know. The one play I played of it was pretty satisfying. But I get what you're saying. I really do. And thank you for your comment, too. 
Uh, Neotopia, that was my second one. Nice. As Ithri just shut me down. Uh, no. Yeah, he's like, no, <laughs> no. No, that's that's awesome. All right, so the next game I played about, we were talking about how something came in a small tin. Mm -hmm. This is the other stocking stuffer that my wife got me um, from that. Well, she got me three stocking stuffers from there. I've only played the two so far because one of them I need to get batteries for. Uh, but she did pick me this one up, and this is one I've been wanting for a while. I've been looking mm -hmm. for this. It's the small version of Abyss. It's called Conspiracy. Oh, yeah. The Abyss wow. Universe, yeah. She did get it for you. Yeah, man. and so this basically plays uh, in a sense kind of like abyss but there's a little bit of difference to, to it uh and so you have two decks you have the the lord's deck and then you mm -hmm. have like the the locations deck is what it's called it basically sure. gives you bonus rewards at the end of the game and so what you're doing is you're drawing cards either off the top of the deck uh mm -hmm. so for the start you have to draw them off the top of the deck and you can draw one two or three only keep one of them and then uh, the rest go in face-up piles, and then they get situated in the face-up discard piles based on their um, affiliation. Mm -hmm. So just like in Abyss, every time we took stuff off there that didn't get picked off the, the row, they went into a little pile with their affiliation, those little cards. And so the same thing with this one is the Lords, like if they're a mermaid or, or a seahorse or a crab or something like that, they get put in their affiliation. So your goal is either to pull off the top or you take a whole setting of them. And you're building a reverse pyramid, so it's going to be five, four, three, two, and then one. And when someone triggers their full period uh, pyramid, they're going to end the game. And you have different ways. You get a lot of scoring. So whenever you, the highest member of e each of the affiliation, you'll have little tokens that you'll put on there. They'll give you points based on them. So if I have a six crab, but I have a zero of the seahorses, mm -hmm. I'm only making six points because it's six plus zero. Um, so it was... It was really cool how it worked because you're pulling the three. You're also trying to group of the same characters in one area because your largest grouping, you're going to get a point for every card of that group. Because basically you're sitting them in the council and they're all hanging out together. So my largest group was actually a six. So I got six points for just grouping all my thing. And so once I started doing that, I'm like, this is all I'm going to concentrate on. So I want to get this big grouping here and then just get some high cards in there because if I'm pulling the numbers are zero through six. So if I pull a six uh then that's going to be my highest group for that as well i'm not even going to worry about pearls because there's a bonus for the person who you know has the most pearls they're the pearl sure. master so they'll get five additional points at the end of the game uh, each lord has special abilities when you play them down into your thing. Uh, the zeros will allow you to transition uh, lords in the seating. So, like, say I have one that I want to put in this big grouping. If I play a zero, I can take that zero, put it in its spot, and then Ooh. move that other one. Okay. Because for you to get locations, you need two keys, either uh, silver keys or gold keys. Whenever, so say I say I have, like, a silver key, a gold key, and a silver key in a row... Once I got that second uh, silver key, anything behind it is gone. And that includes mm. that gold gold key. So maybe I want to move that gold key because then if I move it here, then I have my two gold keys here and I can get another location. Same thing with the locations. You take three off the top or you take one of the discards that mm. are out there. And the way that works, they give you bonus points. So some of them could be like, hey, you get this many points for every gold key you have in your council. Or you get, this is how much points it is, and then you get a bonus one for every uh, seahorse in there. Or you can score your largest lord a second time, so that's additional points. Gotcha. Really neat, really quick. Um, played it in like 30 minutes, and this is the, here's the little rule book. So if you want to kind of take a look at oh, it real quick. Okay. But yeah, it's... It's very, very simple. I had a good time playing this one. I still think I like Abyss better just because 
it's a big chunkier game compared to this one. Sure. But I do like this one. And when you're building the reverse pyramid, you got to go left or right, five, and then four, then three, then two, and one. So you have to be smart of how you're playing them. And then when you take the entire grouping, you have to put all of them in your thing. You can determine how they're going to go in your yeah. thing. So it's like, okay, I'm going to do this guy's power, and then I'm going to put these two keys here. This way, boom, it just blocks those keys off. But you have to be smart of how you do things. And then you also have to be smart, like, I'm pretty close to ending this, and so people are seeing I'm close to ending it, so they're taking things away from me. It works for them, in a sense, because they need those keys. And they're like, now we're not giving him that large grouping, because then... Now he doesn't have the three that would finish the game, and we all get one more turn after that point. Or everybody else gets one more turn, not me, because I finished the game and I can't put any more lords out there. But yeah, no, I did like it. I, I liked it a lot. It was a fun little game of Abyss. Interesting. Now, uh, I didn't like Abyss that much. Like, it was fine. Yeah. But I never I never play it and go, oh, I really enjoy it. No, I haven't I mean, you'll play, it. you'll play more Do Abyss. Do you think I would like this? I think you'll you'll dig what it does, but I mean it plays a lot like Abyss, so okay. I don't know what your your big problem was with Abyss. Was it because right. of the locations? Uh, I don't know actually. The you know, like, that's the thing. I haven't probably did. Well, no, I mean I like the press your luck style, but it's just I don't know. There was something about it. I was like, eh, it's okay. It might be that this is basically just a trimmed down version. All you're really doing is you're playing cards out. That's all you, you're sure. just doing the playing card part of it, yeah. rather than giving the locations and getting the the drafting, and then you're going to score your biggest grouping or something like that. Right. Uh, you're going to play a little bit more Abyss this year, just FYI, because I have the two expansions oh, I, I want to get played. Yeah. So I figured maybe those will make Abyss better for you. Maybe. Maybe, if not. Maybe. But I, I think you would you would like what this does, because it, it'll give you a good feel of Abyss without being as long right. as Abyss is. I, I guess my thought for Abyss was like Ithri's thought on Neotopia. It's, it's almost, almost good. Yeah. It's almost good. I, I like everything it does except for the game. <laughs> no, I <laughs> love it. I like love okay. this. And then Illuminous said their stocking stuffer was Mindbug this year, which I... I still need to play that. that. I've been looking for a copy out here, but mm. I haven't seen one. Yeah, so. they don't exist out in the desert. Mm -mm. Who knew Mindbugs were, <laughs> were not coming? Uh, number two, the last, second last one I want to talk about was a game that, uh, thanks to you, I got a chance to play. And what was even better about this is that um, our mutual friend Jim is a big fan of this IP. We played Dorf Romantic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As okay. a two-player game, him and I sat down, got to play it before Christmas time. Nice. And he was out of, by far, he was like almost arguing to play that game because he <laughs> loves the video game so much. He was like, and Fair he, enough. he knew I would like the video game too, and it's fine. Um, but then we played the board game, and I think there was, there was a total of like, 15 something objectives maybe even more than that like almost 20 objectives it's co tiles. Right? fully cooperative yeah. yeah and so the way it works is you're familiar with the video game but um haven't played it the the way you do it i own it uh, haven't played it yeah it's it's the video game's different um okay. than the board game the board game is simplified at least as far as it begins there's uh five boxes that you can unlock that's the stuff. spiel winner right that's the spiel de jars winner yeah. of this year and so the way it works is that you have these uh hexagonal tiles mm -hmm. um and you put down different terrains. Now, you can put any terrain next to each other. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but there is rivers and there's train tracks. And those can those have to continue. So you can only put a train track next to a train track. You can't put any other terrain. Um, but what you're trying to ultimately do is you're trying to complete these objectives. There's always three objective tiles that come out or task tiles. Mm -hmm. And they tell you how big of a grouping it needs to be part of. For example, if you, pop, if you pull it up, and it says, oh, we need wheat fields, and we need four of them. 
then that means you have to have four tiles exactly that make up the four wheat fields. Then you complete that objective and pull up another task. Mm -hmm. And you're working together to do this as, as you're continuing. Um, you might need train tracks of a certain length, or you might need a river of a certain length. This is all the very base box of it. And out of all of like the 20-something tiles that there are, we, I think, only didn't complete one or two. Okay. Like, we got all of the rest. Nice. And, and which apparently is a really good start. Now, granted, it helped that he was already familiar with the IP, and I played the video game a little bit, but I love tile lane games. Yeah. And the way it works is the, the score you get as a group, it's not just like a, hey, it's cooperative, so beat your score. Yeah. Because that would be lame. Yeah. The way it works The is, only one that works on it's not cooperative is uh, Super Bowl or Skill Cade. Yeah, yeah, Super Skill <laughs> Pinball. Yeah, that's, and that makes sense, yes. right? Because that's the theme. But no, in this game, like, you get a score, and you record down, like, what, what score you got, but then that'll tell you how many X's you get. Then you have a big campaign sheet, and starting from your little traveler, you fill in his path of X's, and you have to continue from there. And once you get to certain spots, there's a whole tree that branches out from there that will let you unlock certain boxes, help you get other new components, add in new things, etc., etc. Yeah. And... That was really gratifying. We got like six six X's and we already could have unlocked box one, but we chose to wait till later. And it has a whole pad of paper, so anybody can you can do multiple different campaigns with different people. Totally fine. And so it's it's technically a legacy, but yeah. Um and you could get through early early access, yeah. I liked it a lot. Um Dorf Romantic fantastic game i see what i already see why it won the spiel and i've only played it once well i'm glad you like it i know you've been hunting that and one for a while thank you for doing that <laughs> yes know. that was that was our secret santa yeah, was our secret we santa. happened to get each other yeah. ironically enough and uh it was funny because uh you got me uh on irem uh, yes. it's not on my list you got me that on, on irem i immediately played it the next day after everything because i had to go to a doctor's appointment afterwards and i came home and i'm like i'm gonna bust this out and i just played the basic game just to yeah. see how it is Oh, I got my butt handed to me. <laughs> yeah, there, you will. You will. <laughs> but it, it was good. I liked it. Have you played any of the extra I haven't done the or... modules yet. I, I've only played that one So time. you've never seen any of the other modules? Mm -mm. Okay, cool. The second module is really fun. Nice. Like, it, it, the way it works is really fun. It adds in, like, a, a third door for every color, plus wild doors. And you have some wild cards that come oh, okay, out. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's really neat. Anyway. Well, the thing is, like, going back to our Secret Santa before I get into my last game, is, like, you you got me one of the I've always said I want to do more solo mm -hmm. games and I haven't picked up a physical copy of Nairam. Now I have one. Yep. I I am also collecting the Kinderspiel winners and yep. I'm only down to three technically. I still need to get. I'm mm -hmm. still torn on um, Seven Wonders because I'm not a huge fan yep. of the, that game. Uh, but I need room service in Istanbul and uh, but the the one you got me is Legends of Andor. Uh, which I do like the game. It's not one of my favorite games out right. there, but I liked how it works. So, so yeah, we did really good. This year's Secret Santa stuff was really, really good <clears throat> yeah. for the group. And, and I felt bad that I got you used stuff, but then at the same time, I got you three, three. full games yeah, and not under just that, our limit that we were planning. Well, I got yours under our limit. I just yeah. know how to get wheel and deal. I know. Right? I took a lot uh, advantage of all the Black Friday that, stuff. That's that's the good thing with us. He's like, <laughs> all right. We're, we're seasoned here. We know how to get this. <laughs> yeah, we know how to do this. All right. So game. my last game here is another uh, Christmas gift that was given to me by my mother-in-law, of all people. Uh, and this what? is Dixit Disney Edition. Oh, okay. Uh, 
And so uh, I took it over to... Spiel winner. Yeah. Oh, well, Dix, Dixon is a Spiel winner. Yep. Not the Disney edition, mm-hmm. but it plays exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, one person's a clue giver. Everybody else picks a card out of their hand. You, you shuffle them up and you put them out there. And then you're trying to pick out which is the one that um, is the actual clue. Uh, and so if some get it, not all, then the clue giver gets a certain amount of points. Uh, the people who did pick it get a certain amount of points. Whoever's card ended up getting picked get points off of it. Anybody who didn't pick any of those things get no points. Yep. Uh, so you're trying to like get points based off uh, your clue as well as you don't want everybody to pick your card. Sure. Uh, and it's the same way um, with the Disney Dixit, but it... The, all the art is basically Disney style esque art uh, that is very very fun. It's it's it, I like this game more so than you. I do enjoy Dixit. I think Mysterium is still the better game out of the three. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, after playing the Disney version of it, I'd rather play this than Obscurio. Uh, I That's did right. I did like it. I didn't care much for you. Obscurio. Don't care much for traders though. Well, Maybe. no, I don't. I don't like Dead of Winter. That's true. Uh, but uh, Obscurio just they made it. Too convoluted for what that game wants to be. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, Mysterium is, like, the good type of complex with that kind of game. Yeah. Dixit, decent enough. It's a good gateway game. I liked it. I love the Disney version. This is... Honestly, if I had both versions, I'd get rid of regular Dixit. I'd keep the Disney version. I love the art. As much mm-hmm. as I like the art in Dixit, I love the art in this one much better. My wife would play this one more because she's actually a very big Disney fan. So, yeah. uh, happy to get it. So, Disney mm-hmm. Dixit. All right, and the last one I want to talk about is by one of our favorite designers. It was on my wish list, and I accidentally bought it before we did our Secret Santa Exchange, so I'm very glad you didn't buy it for me. I felt a little bit guilty after I bought it. I was like, oh, wait, oh, no, I'm going to have to act like I didn't buy it <laughs> if you got it. But thankfully you didn't. No. Um, this is a two-player game, egyptian theme. Oh, Tennis? Tennis. Okay, yeah, yeah. Walker Harding. Yeah, it, it's cool. So... In Tannis, you have a bunch of these little, like, domino-shaped tiles. They don't matter. They're not dominoes, but they're just domino-shaped tiles. You have five different suits, and each of those... I'm sorry, four different suits, Mm -hmm. um, and they're generic, like, Egyptian-themed whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're each numbered one through ten. So they're kind of like cards. And the way the beginning of the game works is that you have this smaller box, and you you mix up all the tiles face down, and you start putting them in in random directions and all that stuff to fill it in. Then you close up the box, flip it over, lift off the lid, and then at that point, you are able to start digging up tiles. Okay. Any tile that is completely uncovered, you are allowed to take on your turn. But you also have a couple of um, expert cards, which will help you do different things, like get extra little abilities, whether it's slide a tile over, whether it's to um, discard a tile from the game and then take a tile, mm-hmm. whether it's to take two tiles that are different uh, symbols, etc., now, what you're trying to do is you, you're trying to make sets of these uh, tiles. And a set is numerically, uh, in order, contiguous uh, tiles of the same symbol. So if I have a 3, 4, and a 5 of onks, mm-hmm. then that counts as a set of 3, because I have 3 tiles in there. Okay. The bigger the set, the more points are worth at the end of the game. A t- single tile by itself does not count as a set. And since you're playing as a two-player, you get to see exactly what I'm taking every single time. Mm-hmm. So you'd be like, all right, well, you have a three, four, and a five. I'm going to take this six, even though you have a seven, eight, nine as yeah. well. That would suck for you. 
right? So you there's a little bit of that hate drafting, a little bit of uh, good planning on how it works. Smart little game, great components. Oh my goodness, I love the fact that there's it's just an old school like uh, Eagle Griffin size box. Okay. But to justify the tiles, they have another box inside of it. <laughs> so you have a box and a box that has the tiles in the in that box. It, it's cool. Honestly, it makes sense, especially after the way uh, Queen Games just did the uh, Vienna Couscous. Boxes and boxes in one big box. So. Yeah, I'm really liking tuck boxes inside of boxes now. Th those aren't even to. tuck boxes. Those are actual boxes that he... Yeah, double layer boxes. So some of them are about like the size of the Fox in the Forest box that mm -hmm. holds like different tiles and stuff right, like that. Right, different kind of components. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool. I think you're going to like it when I eventually show you. Nice. Um, or if you end up getting it. Yeah. And it's Phil Walker Harding, so yeah, we'll probably I, get I'll it. probably end up getting it. It's just... The, the thing about two-player games do not get played a lot in here. Right. Like, I got my wife to play Lorcana. I just picked up a Magic the Gathering set. Yeah. So it's just, it's kind of, uh, yeah. well, I haven't picked up yet. I pre-ordered uh, the Commander sets for the Fallout versions right. of it. So it's just, they're, they're hard to get played in the house. Because yeah. my wife, when she's home, she either wants to play with her other gaming group or just relax. So. Yeah, makes sense. Cool. All right, well, with that being said, that's all our games that we've been playing. Uh, let us know what games you've guys been playing lately, and we'll get into this. So all our right. topic today is our 2024 gaming goals. That's right. So again, just to reiterate what I said earlier, these are, since it's New Year's, these are like our New Year's resolutions, but it's board game themed. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, <laughs> Luminous brought up, wife priority. Yeah. That we know. Um, <laughs> it is wife priority 100%. And and I put my list in order from top down, um, from number eight. My the one that I would be more okay with not succeeding at, versus my number one, which is something I really want to do. I kind of did that. There's some in here, like the back half of it is just kind of like stuff that I want to do. They may be successful. They may not be successful. Mm -hmm. Uh, like my number eight is something I've done before, and I just want to redo it again because mm -hmm. I had so much fun doing it last time. So it's like, uh, it's, it's not important because I've already succeeded at one point. I just want to do it again. Yeah. Uh, but everything else is more along the lines. Like, I know I said my top, like, three, possibly my my top four are stuff that I, I do want to be successful at. So Yeah, absolutely. And all eight of mine are brand new. Uh, not ones I've attempted before. Uh, there's some in here that I've attempted before either because they're not successful or just something that I want to yeah. get, you know, done that needs to get done. Yeah, exactly. Cool. All right, let's start with our number eights. Here we go. All right. I'll be starting us off. So my number eight, the one that I'm I'm okay with it not happening as much, but I have a reason for doing this, uh, a twofold reason, is my first goal of this year is I'm going to start playing colors that aren't blue. And, and I have a few different reasons for this. One... A lot of games actually now have variable player powers, mm -hmm. and so if you're blue, you're stuck with that one power that's assigned to that piece, mm -hmm. which is fine. I mean, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, most games. I like what they do they with do what, what other games that do for like like Lost Ones yeah. of Arnak, where it's like pick your color, and now here's your player power. You're not beholden right. to exactly. that Exactly. You're not play beholden to that. But oftentimes we have a friend of ours who plays, and he prefers blue, mm -hmm. and I kind of just you know outrank him, I guess. I don't know. Whatever the reason is, I end up playing blue far more than he does. Well, a, and, a big part of it, too, is because most of the games that we play, you have blue, yellow, red, and green. You yes. and me both struggle with red and green. Right, exactly. But I also want to get to the point where if somebody else is playing blue, I'm not accidentally moving their piece. Mm -hmm. 
And then, but also on top of that, um, I have a friend of mine, uh, a new gamer who's been joining our group lately. He prefers to be green, but my longstanding friend, Jim, is almost always green. Yeah. Right? And so they've done the same thing where they accidentally move the wrong piece. Mm -hmm. or, or they're like, oh, yeah, I thought I was there because it was green. And I want to get to the point where I'm not doing that actively. Now, I'll still pick blue as a preference. Sure. See, I don't really have that But I want to start problem. playing other player colors. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have that problem, and I have no problem sticking with the color I always play, because no one ever wants yellow, so... No, and it's yeah, I was okay the, with yellow. That was the one reason I picked, or started picking yellow, because everybody wanted blue. I don't want to deal with red and green. Nobody wanted yellow, so I was like, I'll just do yellow. That's yellow fine. Is... I can see it. I know which one is my right. piece. And my go-to is, like, if there's, like, non-standard colors, like black or white or gray or something, mm -hmm. I always go white. I always know? go black myself. It's yeah. just because it's much easier... Uh, yeah. For me, I'd either like the yellow or the black. And if there's no black, I'll go white, yeah. So yeah. it's like, for me, it's like yellow, then it's black, then it's white. Or gray's a good one because it's always like, uh, that's like they're all gray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll take the gray pieces, you know. Yeah. And then luminous one's purple. There you yeah. go. So that's goal number one, or goal number eight for me, is I'm going to start playing more player colors. And the, the big thing about it, it's not that the fact that we're colorists, per se. It's just because... We're both red, green, colorblind, color yeah. yeah, and so it's just much easier for us to play either the blue or the yellow. Right. And it's funny because you mentioned that, and I'm like, oh man, we're gonna have to change our, our channel color because our blue and yellow channel colors are basically our specific I mean, I'm character. Still gonna play it, but what? I, but the second point I wanted to make, and I forgot that I was gonna do it, is that I want to give all of my fellow players, like a if chance. I'm playing with a new group, and somebody else plays blue as a priority, I want mm. them to all have an option before I have to pick. I'll yeah, just yeah. pick whatever is left over. Because being a good player, that a good it's host funny, in our, our, our game group, we just throw blue at you now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Except, it's unless it, three, it, unless then... it's our, our, our buddy Gamehead Geek where he's like, no, I want to be blue, this is my game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel bad, like, even, even when it's not his choice, right? Yeah. I'm default blue. It's like, how did I outrank him? You know, like, I... It shouldn't get to that point, but either way. Well, it's just because they're not colorblind. That's true. That that's the only reason you outrank him is like okay, most games right. priority are yellow, blue, red, and green. Yes. You and me can only see two of those colors properly. Right. So correct. Especially some of the older ones, like the newer ones with the red and the green, they do it well. Where like the red is really dark, uh, dark and the green is really bright, or vice yeah, versa. Vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, but my and first, good on you if you do that. Yeah, and my first uh, goal here is the one I said is a bit of a repeat, and it's just because I really enjoyed doing it last year, and I do like meeting a certain amount of these goals, and so this is a challenge I set for myself on my BG stats, and that is I want to play another 200 unique games, and it's it could be games I played last year, it's fine, I just want 200 unique games this year, because my goal last year, the year before... Uh, last year was it 2022 mm -hmm. was I hit 195 unique games so I was like you know what I can hit three or uh, 200 so I went to 200 and it was a bit of a struggle I kind of want right. to hit it earlier this year and see if I can but yeah. so I was just like you know what I'm just gonna do 200 unique games and this is why it's my number eight because I've already done this before Fair enough. uh it's the second year in a row uh second year in a row I'm doing this I do want to get it. I hit it on the 27th of December. I hit my 200 games. In fact, I think I played 201 unique games or something like that. Right. Uh, because a lot of the games I played afterwards were just repeat games that I've already played. Uh, so, like, we had a game night uh, Wednesday that you couldn't make it and our other friend couldn't make it because he was out of town. You yep. were getting ready to go out of town. 
And so me and my buddy, just our other buddy, our mutual friend Dom came over and we just played Marvel Champions and um, uh, Unmatched Tales Don't Maze just to try other stuff. Right. So, yeah, I'm just looking forward to trying to hit 200 unique games. Cool. Number seven. Number seven. Here we go. This Sorry, one's me. Uh, so this is another one I've done before, and I actually did part of it last year. Uh, I combined two, basically. And it's just to limit my buying, which I was not successful last year, uh, and limit my Kickstarters uh, this next year. I'm I'm really going to work hard on trying to do this. I just want to, uh, mind you, I just bought some stuff today, but uh, one is a game I've been wanting for a while. It was actually on my Christmas list yeah. for the last two years, and I never got it, so I picked that up today. Uh, the other one is I collect the um, uh, Kinnerspiel games, which we talked about. I just yep. picked up a new version. Uh, another one that I need to get done is uh, Isle of Sky. Picked up that one. Um, and then I picked uh, Six Nymph. I like the Lemon Nymph. I like Six Nymph. So I picked up a version of Six Nymph. Take five here in America. I prefer the Six Nymph name because I can keep it with Lemon Nymph. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did like that game. So I ended up picking um, up. Uh, and again, with like when it comes to like the Kickstarter stuff, uh, I want to just be smart how I do it. Like, I want to do the yeah. the Stefan Feld collection. I do want to do the next Thunderwork games that's coming out this month. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to do, like, every... Oh, that looks good. I'll do that one. I'm, I'm okay with doing more, like, expansion stuff. So, like, uh, last year, I did the expansion for Vagrant Song. So, I, I want to get that sort of stuff done. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, I want to try to limit my buying. If it's... Uh, there's games on my list that I'm like, oh, that looks cool, and I picked it up on a deal. And still haven't played it. It's still sitting on my shelf of shame. I don't want to go into that. That oh, that's a cool deal. I do want to try that, but you know what? Now I'm gonna pass on it because I don't know if I'll get played. Now if it's something that I'm like, I know for sure that will get played, like the Halloween game. Yep. It's still on my shelf of shame, but I know will get played. Then yeah, I'll I'll pick it up. But right now I just want to cut back. I spent a lot of money last year on just board games. Um, like the nerds deal of the day or not deal of the day the uh, mm -hmm. the nerds day that they do every year i'll probably i'll spend money on that one sure. just because i'm picking up stuff that i like um but i have to be smart at what i'm doing um and buying more stuff that i've already either already played i just want to get into my collection or just be smart of how i picked it up so i just sure. want to limit that cool so limit the new purchases mm -hmm. all right my number seven is um kind of a follow-up to having cleaned the game room mm -hmm. and this was originally going to be my my follow-up for this last year and um i saw some of the guys from dice tower do this is that they they set themselves like a hard limit of how many games they had in their collection mm -hmm. um i'm not going to do that but what i do want to do is if i play a game off of my shelf of shame i want to eventually get to the point where i am if i bring a game into my collection i cut a different one mm -hmm. and i want to find that equilibrium where it's like well yeah. i'm only going to have this many games no matter what yeah so if i am keeping this one like let's say um the new stefan feld game what am i getting rid of to make room for it and so i'm going to rotate my collection a little bit more i'm going to justify like after i play games like cool that was fun it was a drafting game well do i need this drafting game in my mm -hmm. collection and i want to really be more critical about myself asking myself that question it's like just being good isn't good enough. You yeah, know, exactly. it has to be an excellent game. I'm like, wow, that was top notch. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, um, Dorf Romantic. Obviously, I was going into my collection anyway because yeah. it was a spiel winner. But um, it, if that wasn't a spiel winner, could I get rid of another tile lane game to get rid of it? Probably. Carcassonne. 
<laughs> no, uh, but you, you get what I mean. Like, I want to find that equilibrium, that good point where if I'm introducing my collection, I want to curate it to the, be the best of the best. That's yeah, what yeah. my collection the should best be. Best of the best for you. Yes. Uh, and it's the same thing. I, I kind of, it was, that was kind of on my short list as being mm -hmm. smart. How, like, if something's coming in, something needs to go out. Or if yes. I'm, like, doing my, like, my whole thing I was telling you about, too, is, like, I want to move my shelf of shame to another room. And if something's coming off the shelf of shame into the room, I kind of want to maybe get rid of something in here that right. just isn't getting played. Right. And then that would be an incentive for, like, stuff like expansions. Mm-hmm. I can still buy expansions and they won't take out more room because I'm putting them I'm with putting the game. I'm putting them in the box, yeah. You know, it's... I do have an expansion for a game that I love that I need to get a freaking insert to go in there because that thing is freaking huge. The one at the bottom right there. Oh, yeah. Because it's 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 the size of a normal game box uh, wise and it's very thick and it's just an expansion. This is for a TI4. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And Illuminous, looking for a copy of Nightmare Chest next year. We'll, we'll keep an eye out. I do own a copy of it. But that is with my current chess set. <laughs> so, all right, moving to number six. Number six. Here we go. That all right, that'll start with me. Um, you brought up this game earlier. Uh, in fact, just very seconds ago. My goal number six is I want to play TI four this year <laughs> because you have two people in your game group that own it. So I have two people that, and both times that you guys have ever gotten a chance to play it. Uh, we only but, played it once. Well, so. the one time was up for sure, but there was another talks about playing it again. I was just unable to because of whatever reason. It mm -hmm. was just not contingent on my on my schedule. I want to play TI4. I want to see what it's about. I want to give it's it fun. a shot. And It's long, but it's fun. Yeah, and I know I'm going to lose terribly, and I'm going to go into it. You guys are going to absolutely trample me with it because I'm not going to know what I'm doing. You guys have had the experience. But I want to actually see what it's about. It. Every single one of us played it one time, so right. is that no, that much experience? It's, it's just one of those things where I'm like, I want to do that. I want to finally get that off of the shelf. Um, or not off the shelf. Off the shelf, but displayed. But played, because it's on the top 100. Yeah. I've had the opportunity. You guys all like it. Let's just get it done this year. Well, I like goal. 4X games to an extent. The one I don't like is uh, the Gameland one. I can't remember what it's called. It just because it's a little bit over uh, sure. convoluted for what it needs to be. Yeah. TI4 can be, but it's very uh, streamlined in a sense. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I, I'm down. Honestly, yep. we could play my copy. It's right there. But we need three people right now? for that. All right, let's go. Right, you need three people for that. I'll, I'll play two. <laughs> All right. Uh, so my number six. Uh, is just something I want to work on to be better at this, and it's become a better game teacher. Uh, so I wanted to get more concise of how the game works. I wanted to explain how things work better. Um, and it, it's something I've been trying to work on um, throughout the the times I've been a, like a game master, yep. I guess you could say, because I have another group where I teach all the games that we own. And I just want Tell to get, me about it. Uh, so, uh, and the thing about it is, it's just I, I want to be better at it because I, I went back and forth, or I was trying to think of a reason why I wanted to put this on the list, and it just brought up the Santa's Workshop experience where it talked about how it's talking about like in-game scoring and game scoring and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and there was a whole big thing about the in-game scoring. I'm like, I, I want to be able to be more concise to how this works. This specifically says in-game scoring, so this is for the end of the game. That's it. 
Uh, and so I want to be more concise at how I'm trying to do the, be more precise, concise. In... Which, by the way, that was a great teach that you did. <laughs> I, was, I phased out half of it and I was still golden. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so um, I want to get better at it. I, I want to be better. And especially since uh, one of my um, friends and that that's in that game group, she owns her own business. And she's talking about having me teach games to her work crew for like one of their company things that they like to do, the raw, raw stuff. And so, yeah, I told her, yeah, it's not a problem, but I just want to get better at teaching games and making sure what I'm trying to say is thorough and concise and people, everybody can get what I'm trying to say. Because right. a lot of times you're, you're going to be playing games with people who are not neurodivergent or who are neurodivergent. So they may take one term of way you say it in a different meaning. So like right. if I say in-game bonus and scoring, and they combine the two, it's like, oh, if I do this and this, okay, yeah, th then this is going to happen. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 that's only for points at the end of the game. i got to be more concise about that sort of thing. Sure. And so that's one of my goals is to become a better game teacher. If you'd like, I'd be happy to help. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm more than happy to work. I've written I, lesson plans for teaching games. I, and it's funny because I take a lot of the stuff that you talk about. It's like mm -hmm. there's two things you want to start out the, 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 the rules. It's how do you win? How do you win? And how do you get there? Yep. And so that's what I've incorporated, but I want to get more concise when I'm explaining. Yep. So like for me, like with the worker placement stuff, I'm like, this is what you're going to do. Uh, this is how you win. This is basically most victory points. And then this is a worker placement game. So you're going to place your worker out to a section and you're going to do certain abilities yep. and stuff like that. Uh, don't worry about the sections yet. I'll explain that after right. we explain everything else. And then I'll break down each section for you before we get going. Yeah. And I, th I find that's the easiest way to do worker placements. Like, let's explain how all this works. And then we'll go to yeah. the, each individual spots. This way you know how they work. And then I can ask you, right. do you understand this part? Okay, now we'll go to this one. Here, this is how it works. Okay, right. you got that. And then boom, boom, boom. Yeah, how do you get that in a nutshell mm -hmm. idea, right? And what, what's interesting is, so one of the big things I do when I try to teach a game, at, when I demo it at the shop, mm -hmm. is if I know it's going to be a heavier game and like maybe newer players are playing it, I don't always explain a lot of the strategies. Like mm -hmm. like the ultimate, like what, like some of the things that can get bonuses like at the end of the game, like yeah. I don't always explain that. But I do have some players that are like 100% I want to know all of this up front in order to determine my strategy, strategy instead yeah. and they absolutely did and they've told me they hate it when i tell them well i'll come back into it or i'll i'll explain that about a third of the way through the game so that'll make more sense after you've gotten a few turns in yeah they hate that not knowing that into it because then that doesn't determine their path or yeah. help them no, and it, but they're it, also a different level of player too yeah and so it's interesting. And to then see you that have difference. to learn that too. It's like not only to become a better teacher, you need to, you know, know your audience. Okay, if I'm teaching a game to you, our friend um, Gamehead Geek and Dom, I can teach like the strategies and stuff like that. But yeah. if I'm teaching it with people who are not very or don't want right. me to teach the strategies or who are new to gaming and I don't want to make it such a heavy teach for them, right? Then. Um, Maybe I'll just, okay, this is how it works. And if you have questions about like how the end game scoring works like yes. that, then we'll get to that point. But let's just right. see how this flows first. Right, exactly. And Ithri just brought up a really good uh, way to do it. I, I like the way you broke it down. Mm -hmm. I, I start with the theme is the best for game teaching, saying you're an X doing Y to score Z. Immediately grounds you in the setting so the rest of the components make more sense. Yeah. <laughs> and Illuminus just lays 
lay out the basics and go in blind. <laughs> and, and some of it, like, I, I like teaching it where I say, like, look, there is no bad moves. Like in Earth, for example, mm-hmm. that's that can be an intimidating teach to new people. Yeah. But once they get the core concepts of, like, just understand all the wood bits essentially just give you a point each. They can do some other stuff later. Yeah. But they that's the goal. Yeah. Like, this is what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Lay it out like that. Yeah, it it's interesting to teach, and it's getting me all excited to talk about. Let's go into our number five. This one's me. I like how this is working out. It's weird. Yeah, this is back and forth. All right, so this number one, uh, the next two are basically uh, working uh, for just this game room in our recording room mm-hmm. itself for the podcast. Uh, the first one here is I want to finish the soundproofing. Okay. I, I want to get those ones and the ones that you got me on the wall here, especially in this corner. Because yep. I notice when we do get the echoes, because the way we're sitting, it's bouncing right into that corner. Oh. So I want to get the corner finished soundproof. I want this wall and that wall to be soundproof and maybe a little bit of the ceiling as well, right where, where, where we talk into. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to do that. And I like I said, this is another one that's been on the thing uh, that I want to work on this room. There's two specific things I want to do. Uh, first off is I want to finish the soundproofing. I want to make it where we get the better audio quality. We're not worrying about reverbitation or reverb back from the wall and stuff like that. Um, with this, this helps a lot. Yeah. But uh, I want to get the soundproofing a little bit better. In yeah, here. it still sounds like we're in a tunnel a little bit. Sometimes, yeah. So yeah. there's there's certain things. I want to get the soundproofing up over here, uh, especially just on these two sections. Back there, it's fine. I, that doesn't redoing, redoing the filming studio. Yeah, in, in a sense, yeah. yeah. Um, and the, the, next, the other one is going to work with this one as well. But mainly, uh, first and foremost, is um, get the soundproofing done. And that's one of my goals. And in fact, I kind of want to do it this month. Oh, yeah. That would be a good easy one to knock out. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe if the viewers and the viewers can let us know if this sounds interesting to us. Comment below if you're watching this on YouTube. Let us know in chat on Twitch or email us. So we'll explain how to do that at the end. But maybe we should do like a tour of like our gaming area, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the studio that we do here. I got to clean the room first. But... Well, sure. <laughs> um, I could, we could film like a clip of like my game room and how, yeah. where we play games and how we set it up, you know? Yeah. Because people love stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. our shelfies you, and stuff. You see most of the room. You don't see this wall over here, but right. that's all my, right. my where I keep my games. We don't play games in here because this is a small bedroom Yeah. that's turned into an office, so... Yeah, it, it's, I mean, it works really well. Yeah. It's a fun little studio. All right, my number five is one that is probably going to be technically the most difficult um, difficult one that's on here in a way. Mm-hmm. It's logistically the most difficult task that I have on here, my number five. And um, this is something that I, I own a lot of games, and I have... Uh, I have uh, played a lot of games, and I've previously owned a lot of games. So my board game geek list is pretty pretty thorough. Mm-hmm. My goal is to rate every game I've played on Board Game Geek That's because what I do. there is a that is a very important tool, and the ratings are incredibly invaluable mm-hmm. to me as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I'm doing Board Game Geek enough service by not rating the games on the website. So I'm going to go through, and the thousands of games that I've owned and or previously owned, I'm going to rate every single one of them that I have played. Yeah, no, I, I, 
the ones I mainly rate is the ones that I owned or previously yes. owned. Right. Um, I haven't. I've thought about do, and I've done some that I get I've the played. numbers right now. Yeah. But I I do enjoy that concept of it because yes. uh, I I I do think it helps. Um, I think I've rated everything I've owned that I have played. If it's owned and it's on my shelf of shame, it hasn't been played because right. you know I can't really. Yeah, if it if it's owned by me or previously owned, um, or on my wish list, it is two thousand two hundred fifty games. Jeez. That I will go through and I will rate all of them because I've only rated about three or four, maybe. So that's my goal. Nice. Logistically, I know it's going to take a long time, and that's fine. That's, but you know, Board Game Geek does does uh, it justifies it for me because yeah. of how much I've used it for. I need to give that information on to the next people. Yeah, no, and I, I, I enjoy rating. I I do a different scale than most people do. Um, I just do a straight 10 scale. I don't do, like, 0.5s and stuff like that. I will, yeah. So my thing is, like, if if it's, if it's I'm rating between a 6 and a 7, I'm like, oh, it's a 6.85, well, then it's not a 7 to me. Right. Because I, I just want to do a straight 10-point scale rather than, like, the 6.5 or 2.5 and stuff yeah. like that. Because then me, it's just it's giving more and more points. Yeah. But so my him and hawing is like, if this is a six point five, well then it's not good enough to be a seven. Then it's right. Just make it a six. It just makes right. my life a lot easier, and I'm not hemming and hawing on anything. It's it's one or a zero through ten, I guess you can right. say. Because uh, I don't think I've ever rated the game a zero. I don't know if you can on Board Game Geek rate a yeah, game a zero. Absolutely, you can. So yeah, it's it's basically eleven point system. I've never rated. I go one through ten. So yeah. uh, if it's a really bad game, I rated one because that's as low as the score. I'm Although going. I might be wrong now that I think about it. Well, yeah. So I, I just go through one through ten. I don't do any of the point system. Uh, yeah. And so it's like, hey, yeah, it's not helping the game by not rating it a six point five right. like everybody else does. But if it's not a seven to me, if it doesn't make that point, right, then it's a six and no. And I've actually decided the way I'm going to do it is I'm actually going to use our five criteria that we do mm. it. So for each of those five criteria, you get up to two points for it. Okay. So if it's a really easy game to play, you get two points, you know? Yeah. If it's just really easy, fundamental, really simple to do. If it's really thematic and immersive, you get two points full for that. And I'm going to use that scaling as, as a basis for it. I can send With some you, wiggle room, of course. I could probably send you a copy of that. Oh, I've memorized it. Okay, <laughs> just make it sure. Pretty sure. But, but you never know. Yeah. <laughs> if you need a copy of it, I have it. I can send it to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so that's my number five, is rate my board game geek collection. Nice. All right. Our number four. Number four. Here we go. This one's you. Okay. So this is a very ambitious project. Um, what else is new? <laughs> um, but at, every year I push myself to be a better designer mm-hmm. um, because viewers of the podcast know this. Our listeners to the podcast know that I make my own games. I I have a couple being published by different companies. Tortures his, torture his game group with them. Sometimes, yeah. Um, which you guys are very kind of you playing them. But, um, but yes, no, I mean, I, I make a lot of prototypes. I have a lot of backlog. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of games that... I had the ability to publish myself through mm-hmm. a company called The Game Crafter, and I had a lot that I was just kind of sitting on. I was kind of, you know, last year was kind of a tough year for me, so it, it just, I haven't been able to um, to do anything with a lot of the games that I had backlogged. Yeah. So my goal, this, this ambitious goal, is I'm going to be releasing at least one game through The Game Crafter every month this year. And I have already started that. I saw fact, that, yeah. Yep. 
you saw that I posted it. Uh, I have a Facebook page, Daniel McKinley Games, and this is just a quick little thing that I'm showing off. This was the first one because I have I made this game probably about four years ago, mm -hmm. and it's a cool little set collection game you're trying to harvest. It's called Seeds, by the way. And, um, and you did it in this tin because that was right after the times you played a lot of the mint games. Yeah, yeah. well, I hadn't played many of them, but there was a contest for a mint game. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, the only way I'm going to make a mint game is if it's utilized as a component. And it is, because you have to blindly draw these cubes out of the tin, right? And so you're, you're playing these cards, and the, I'm not going to get into the specifics of the game itself. I just brought it as the example. Mm -hmm. I'm going to aim for as close to the first of every month that I can. Okay. And I'm going to release a new title for each of those months. So my January title was Seeds. Um, cool little two to six player game. Follow me on Facebook uh, the, or go to thegamecrafter.com and you can search Daniel McKinley Games and you'll probably find a yeah. lot of my stuff. And so that way it'll get that backlog taken care of. Mm -hmm. It'll challenge me as a designer and it'll really give me an incentive to push to make the graphic design because this is simple. Yeah. That I designed one card, right? Yeah. Um, and then had nonsensical tokens for it, or just cubes for it. But some of the other games that I have, I have 60-plus cards that are all individual individual art, different designs. Yeah. And I know I can do it. I just have to push myself to do it, and this is going to help me. So my number four, release a new game every month on The Game Crafter. All right. My number four, um, again, deals with the podcast itself, uh, and it's just for The Office uh, as well. I want to get better lighting for us. This way we're not as washed out when certain things are going on. I want to actually use proper streaming lighting and stuff like that. Because um, right now we're just using a basic lamp. that, mm -hmm. uh, And in fact, we have to hide one of the, light, uh, the lights behind the, the, the computer here. Yeah. Just so we don't get washed out. I want to get the actual proper lighting for us. Uh, whether it's a ring light or something like that. Just to give us the nice, but we're not washed out. Yeah. Uh, just to enhance what we're doing and just make it look a little bit more professional and yeah. a little cleaner. Um, so, yeah, i just been wanting to work on that. I want to replace this. Uh, uh, something that will actually interact with, like, our Christmas lights when we decorate for that time. So, like, usually we can only use one of these lights and we can't have that overhead light on above us. Mm -hmm. So I want to get better lighting for us just to, like I said, and it goes with the soundproofing. These are the two things I want to get done for the podcast, or at least this podcasting room, is get a better sound and better lighting for us. Cool. I mean, I'm all for that one. <laughs> Number three. Here we go. And it's me. All right. I swear to God, you're a magician. <laughs> So my number three has actually already been succeeding in a bit today because I did actually hit this. Uh, and this is already on my goal list. And then my wife told me, hey, if you take me to the airport today, uh, you can go to the game store that's right around the corner from the, the airport and go pick yourself up a game. I'm like, bet I'm on my way. <laughs> <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is to visit and support more game stores. But it's not just like the local ones. Um, like I'll, I'll go to Zia and I do from time to time and I went to Game Vault, but we're going to do a trip to Tucson here to do our calling. I yep. want to hit the both the game stores that we know there for well, uh, well and I want to yep. come back with at least something from there sure. for each one of them. Support more stores. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to be going to Louisville um, and yep. Dallas. Uh, we're fl I'm flying into Dallas to meet up with you. Because you're already going to be in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to go from Dallas to Louisville. So I'm like, if we're in Dallas, I want to hit a game store in Dallas. Uh, yep. When we're in Louisville, I want to hit a game store in Louisville. Uh, I know we're going to be at Gamma, but I'm like, if we got time, let's hit a game store there. Yep, pick sure. up something there. 
Sometimes um, I close early. Yeah, and then like if we're driving back or we've seen what we needed to see and we can mm-hmm. take off and just go do something. Because I know with it being in Louisville, we're not going to want to stay in the resort no. the whole time. Um, not that we want to go visit uh, all that stuff, like a lot of stuff in Louisville. It's sure. just like with Reno, when we were there, you go outside and you're like, mm, now I'm going to go back inside. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no. Don't, don't downplay Reno. Reno's a lovely place. It I actually is. thoroughly Just enjoyed my time. Just where the, the hotel was, when you go onto that main it's street, a it's a little off the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When we went down to like uh, where the university was and stuff like that, that was sure, pretty cool. Yeah, that was gorgeous. Yeah. And so like I don't mind doing that, but like I want to go to Louisville. And on our drive home, maybe if we do go through like the St. Louis route, hit Geekway to the west, uh, sure. which would be really cool. Yep. Maybe hit one in Oklahoma on the way back because yeah. we're we're planning to do the drive back, and I think we're doing maybe like eight to ten hour intervals each day. Yeah. Planning on doing like a three day drive home or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And so doing stuff in like that, hit a game store, find one that or like a town that has a game store close. If we're gonna stay there, we're gonna hit that game store. Maybe grab some uh, dinner or something like that, yeah. and then stay there. Do stuff like that would be really cool. Um, so I just want to support more game stores. Maybe come back with something here and there. So. Very good, yeah, and I, I mean, there's a reason I did that last yeah. year, right? Oh, I, also, I'm, I very much appreciate. I just it. noticed it on my note. I'm going to Chicago, uh, in June, uh, June of this year, so I want to hit a game store there. Oh, wow. I'm supposed to be going to a cruise. Well, I am going on a cruise at the end of July for my 40th birthday. We're going to be in Seattle. I want to see if I can get hit a game store there. Yeah, visit our friends up in uh, Thing Twelve. Uh, yeah, it's a possibility. Possibly. All right, number three. Uh, uh, where's you? That was that. That was my number three. It's your number three. Oh yeah. Okay, <laughs> number three. Sorry. Now this one, um, this is another like ambitious that I don't. That this goes along the idea that I I've noticed a lot of my goals this year follow theme with with the ones from last year, and in different way. By yeah, that, that's, that's a there. possibility. Yes. Yeah. That was fun looking for that. Uh, so last year I wanted to sign another game, and uh, thankfully I was successful in that. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, I, I was listening to a podcast a few months ago, and they were talking about how um, in Germany and in in uh, Europe, really, it seems to be like there is a lot of uh, collective group think about game design, and like Bruno Cathala does that. Like he, oh he's no, a it's not designer. just Germany, like uh, French, right? French, French. Ex- Hugely, like yeah, Antoine yeah, Boza, yeah. Bruno Cathala. There's a lot of French designers uh, that Sebastian work Pache together. Was, uh, yep. Yep. They they do a lot of this collaborative design. Theo Ribeiro, that's a big one too. Mm-hmm. They've been yep. doing a lot lately. Yep, exactly. And I and I love that. And I'm like, that's really cool. Not just like to get other people's names out, mm-hmm. but that way, like getting group mind think on on a lot of those designs will always come out with a better uh, a better um, example. Plus, then you have instant play testers mm-hmm. that are available because you're all collectively designing it, you know. And then you can take feedback in different ways. And I've I've never done it before, but I want to do it this year. I want to do a collaborative design with somebody. I don't know who it's going to be. I have some friends who are designers. Um, but yeah, I'm, that's going to be a big incentive for me is I'm going to try and branch out, talk to a lot of designers or even people who don't design. Mm-hmm. But it's totally fine by me. It was like, I had an idea for a game. Let's work on it together, and let's see if we can come up with something. And then we'll both put our both both of our names on it, right? And you could talk to your friend Gamehead Geek. I know there was a like a type of game sure. he wants to work on. So yep, exactly. So there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities for me to do it, 
and I am a very ambitious person when it comes to stuff like that, why not do it, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's my number three goal this year is I want to do a design collab with somebody. Nice. Moving to our number twos. Number twos. Here we go. <laughs> it's me. Um, should we even flip the coin for the last one? Because I'm afraid we're going to ruin this streak, and I love this. All right. My number two, um, you talked about the podcast. This is my contribution, is I'm actually going to make us a website this year. Nice. Um, I'm going to make a website specifically for us. Now, I have thought about it. I'm not sure, and I'm just going to be honest with you, and I haven't told you this at all yet. I know I want to make a, uh, a website for the podcast for sure. Now, whether I might lump it with some of the other game stuff that I do, I haven't decided yet because I was kind of thinking about, you know, I, I co-own an escape room business mm -hmm. and we could really utilize a website as well. Yeah. And then plus it wouldn't be a bad idea for me to have a website that promotes uh, my game design. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about making this like a three-in-one kind of thing, one about the podcast part of it. Um, have your take on a lot of it, post a lot of our videos and, and, and extra stuff on it, um, different things that we've done throughout the year, maybe mm -hmm. even our calendar coming up, like what to, what to be expecting, stuff like yeah. that. And then I want to do one for the game design and all that stuff. So my number two goal, very minimum, I'm going to be making a website for us nice. for the podcast. Oh, so look forward to that sometime this year. I'm going to make it. Don't let me not do it. Okay. I'll, I, I'll remind you. It's your decision. Yeah, I'm mean, doing all the other stuff. So. Exactly. And that's the thing. You do so much for this podcast. The least I can do is at least, like, I made some stickers and bought some clipboards. Like, that's about it, you know, other than creating the podcast. You know, yeah, but that's, yeah. you've, you've taken the reign for it, right? And you've done all the actual work. That's what I'm saying. I, I need to start put, putting in a little bit more effort on my end. All right. So my number two here is my most ambitious thing on this one. <laughs> I'm calling it the campaign challenge in a sense. I am doing a five by ten uh, challenge here, and it's mainly campaigns that I'm doing. Two of which are solo campaigns, and three of which I, in one of my game groups I have like campaigns going. And so the the way it is, it's going to be a five by ten challenge. I'm doing a the two solo are are. Um, uh, Arkham Horror LCG, I want to get more into that cycle, forcing myself to play more of those games. Mm -hmm. The other one is Marvel Champions LCG, I'm starting the campaign stuff like that. And I started this last year in December, I'm like, you know what, i got to force myself to work on these campaigns. The other one is, I, again, my whole number one last year was to finish Gloomhaven, and though I tried, there's just a lot of stuff from Gloomhaven. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, Gloomhaven is one of mine, I want to at least get 10 games played um, to see, work more on it. The other ones is Roleplayer Adventures and Vagrant Song. I, uh, I have an expansion coming in from Vagrant Song. Uh, I just recently backed that last year. I have two expansions waiting for Roleplayer Adventures, so I want to get more into that one mm -hmm. as well. So I gave myself a 5 by 10 challenge of five campaigns. I've given up on those two up there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we looked at, collectively at these two right here, Risk Legacy and uh, Rise, Rise of Queen's Queen's Tale, Tale, which is one that I brought before the lockdowns. Yeah, and then I have another one that's sitting on my shelf of shame, uh, mm -hmm. the Jurassic Park one. Yep. So, yeah, it's just I want to really force myself to finish up some of these campaigns and do these campaigns. Because, like, I've done Arkham Horror LCG all the way through the yep. first campaign. But I have everything for the Dunwich cycle. Mm -hmm. uh, I have uh, everything for the Car uh, Path to Carcassonne or Car uh, Carcosa. Carcosa, yeah. Uh, I, I always got rid Carcosa. Uh, yeah, I, I, the Path to Carcosa. I've done. Every, I have everything for that. Um, I got 
the investigators for the Forgotten Age, so I need to get that. But I'm like, I can't buy the Mythos packs if I'm not playing the rest of the stuff. So I want to get through all that, play those things. Mm -hmm. um, and the other one um, is Marvel Champions. I'm getting all the stuff in, but I'm not really playing the campaigns. I'm like, I'm getting the stuff and I'm playing the game, but I'm not playing the actual campaign style. And so... For me specifically, especially with the Marvel Champions, our buddy loves playing Marvel Champions, especially when it's just two players. This way yep. we can learn how the new characters and stuff like that work. I will not be counting those games if they're not campaign. This one is campaign specific. Same thing with Vagrant Song. Same thing with Role Player Adventure and Gloomhaven. It's just, it's all got to be uh, advancing the stories. Cool. Awesome. And our number one gaming goal for 2024. That's right. You are leading us off. All right. My number one. Uh, and this is a very important one for me because we're, we're showing growth on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I want to continue that growth and get it bigger. So my number one is to, to try and grow the podcast more than what it is and what i mean by that is to make it where it's self-sufficient where it's paying for itself on the rss feeds um and that's why you're seeing advertisements now on our our twitch so if you and you don't have to we're just saying if you don't want the commercials you can become a subscriber with us on twitch that's going to help us grow pay for the, the 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 site hosting uh for our rss feed um making more contact when we're going to gamma you know making business cards to hand out for people mm -hmm. to help uh listen to us and help us grow and it's like hey you can find us here you can find us there um we're actually doing pretty good in international markets uh we have uh, like one of our biggest downloads uh, from what i've been looking at is in germany of all places so and i think it's because we talk about Love like the, sp uh, the spiel de jars and the kinderspiel all the time yeah so. we do uh, so I do want to grow it a little bit or some more, grow it on the audio side. I'm not too, too worried about the YouTube because we're not going to hit the algorithm because we refuse to cut the podcast and make short right. videos. Yeah. But uh, we have some ideas that we're going to end up doing because we are doing like the game shows and stuff like that that mm -hmm. we can release over there to help it grow. Another thing is uh, maybe we'll start doing some live gaming on the Twitch that we'll throw over to uh, the podcast or the, um, the YouTube. The YouTube yeah. uh, that can help grow there. I'm not really worried about it on the audio side. Uh, maybe we'll do something along the lines of we'll take some games and just give reviews and that will help grow on the audio right. side. You guys want to listen to like reviews. This is where you're going to find. We may record them live and throw them there, but we might not put them on YouTube. Just to help grow the audio side of things. Sure. So there's just different ideas that I kind of want to do to help grow the podcast and make it better. And it's more self-sufficient. I'm not saying like we need to make this be our full-time job. It would be kind of cool if this was our full-time job. But it's more along the lines is that I'm paying a lot out of pocket for like the RSS feed and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So if like anything that's coming from the Twitch or I'm looking into doing some like advertisement runs on Podbean and stuff like that. If that can start paying into us just to pay for the hosting fees, that's fine. If yeah. we're just making a net even, that, that would be perfect for us. Cool. But I also want to just grow it and make it where we hit a wider variety and stuff like that. We're, I think, close to 2,000 downloads on the podcast. So wow. um, I'm looking forward to when we hit that kind of uh, uh, goal and stuff like that. So, yeah. Sweet. And my number one is this is my um this is my weird one but this is 
last year, again, I always have like one that's kind of strange. And my goal was to play a game, a new game to me that I had never heard of in a place I had never been to before. That was kind of like the bizarre one. Yeah. This is abstract as well, but it falls in the same idea is I want to play a game before it's on BGG. I want to play it in its entirety, not a prototype. I want to play a game before it's officially You on. almost did that last year. I almost did that last year. And I want to do that where somebody shows me a game. It's like, hey, look, let me show you. And before the end of the year, it's on BGG. But when I play it, I will be privy to that information. That'll make me feel super satisfied inside <laughs> saying, I played this game. BGG doesn't even know about it. That would be kind of hard uh, because most of the time you're going to do something like that. It's going to be playtesting. And see, that's what I worry about, because if I'm playtesting it and it's not designed fully yet, then there's a chance it might not be on BGG by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But that's the that's the specific, is it must be on BGG before the end of the year. And extra caveat, in case it wasn't obvious, it won't be my own design. Like, okay. I'm not going to do that. But I mean, like, something that I had never heard of, something that's in the works, oh, that's, something that, we hear that, about. That's actually going to, might be easy for you all, with all your connections uh, because of, I know uh, some people. Yeah, and because of the people convention. who are printing your stuff too. Yes, I am aware of that. But again, <laughs> they also try to push it on BGG before it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some people might print, like I, I know a couple of their upcoming games and I do know that they're already on BGG because I looked into it and I'm like, <laughs> oh, darn Dang you know, it. And that I want to do that. It's a very ambitious, very specific, very weird goal. But can you imagine how fun that would be? It'd be cool. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. I, I would like to do it too. But just, I mean, it might end up being something that we see for the podcast. Hey, Ithri. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ithri. <clears throat> no, we're not that far. If you're still with us. <laughs> so this will be a fun little uh, exercise in gaming goals this year. I'm looking forward to them. We want to thank you so much for tuning in. If you ever want to reach us directly, you can. You can contact us, as I said earlier in the podcast. Email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com, whether that's to enter in future contests, contact us just to say hi, or give us ideas for future episodes. You can join in on that. Email us again, everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. And all video re-uploads are found on YouTube under youtube.com slash at everyday board games podcast and if you like what we do there are three things you can do to help us grow on the platform subscribe if you're not like the video and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject and if you want to join us live like any of our friends of the podcast like illuminus or ithri or anybody else who joins in give us live commentary during this we stream this live on twitch.tv slash everyday board games and just a reminder uh, this is a little different we're on tuesday we are moving it to mondays as our recording days that's right that's our goal as previously shown, holidays. Um, but again, also if you want to follow us on Twitch, mm-hmm. that really helps out. Doesn't cost you any money. All you have to do is have an account. Notifies you every time we log on. Super cool. Get the notifications. Come hang out with us. Chat with us. We love it. All right. And all audio versions can be found on most podcast pla- podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcasts, including Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Podbean, and now Apple. And we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And Happy New Year's from Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.